This is the Diamonds and Dingers podcast. I'm your host, Dimitri Napoin. Let's get started. Welcome to the Diamonds and Dingers podcast, hosted by Muncie's best baseball analysts. I am your host, Dimitri Napoin. Today, I'm joined by Seth Rawlings. We decided to take a break. Uh, we didn't have a sh- we didn't record or have a show uh, this past Sunday, where when we usually record. Uh, so, but we're like, you know what? Our vacation is over, and I think it's time to get back to work. What do you say, Seth? Yeah, I mean, uh, school ends next week uh, tentatively. Um, for well, we haven't been doing school too much recently, but school officially ends next week, to where we don't have these stupid assignments all of the time and i can spend more time doing stuff i want to do like this exactly i mean it's a, it's just been it's been hard to juggle like all these extra it seems like there's been extra assignments and more assignments than you normally would have had uh if you were in school oh yeah definitely they they're loading us up with these assignments and they're all the same thing they're all those they're all the like ones you just click through and it's it's just time-consuming homework. That's all it is. Yeah, it's like, I'm not learning anything from this, but oh well. And well, you know, we all sat down. We we talked about it. And I think we decided to have a new uh, series. And this is a brand new series. And, and it's called Baseball for Beginners. And it's where we break down the very, very bare-bones fundamentals of the game from hitting the base running. And today we'll be talking about Hitting, you know, scoring runs, you know, the most coveted resource for every baseball team, all the way from T-ball to the New York Yankees. So without further ado, let's get into hitting. Oh, the very first thing you need to know is, of course, there's a batter's box and it's a rectangular little, I don't know, white square rectangle that you must be in. And if you can't cross it or else, you know, uh, on undue consequence you know but you are allowed to step out of the batter's box between pitches and get back in but once you're in you're in strike zone so the strike zone is weird because it's also the most controversial because in american baseball it's it's just it's on the top just under the elbows and the bottom of it is at the player's knees and it's right to left from home plate so if you can get a visual on that, you know, it's a little, it's supposed to be an imaginary box that goes in there, you know, it's a strike and I'll get into the strikes and balls later, but you know, it's weird because it's such a uniform, such a straightforward geometric, geometric shape. And yet it, yet we have umpires like Angel Hernandez who don't understand how that works. And yeah, you have these, these umpires out here, um, Radical umpires trying to change the strike zone. Um, they're they either think it's uh, they're stretching it so far, or they're making it so thin that like there's no nothing that can be a strike. Yeah, it's like it's so funny because there's actual diagrams I want to call them on Twitter that you can see where the what the umpire that specific umpire's actual strike zone is. And I know Angels Hernandez is very strange. It's almost like a diamond. And I'm like, wow, are you serious? And it's interesting because we're so accustomed to our strike zone. But if you go to Japan, their strike zone is different in the Nippon League. And if you went to, uh, I believe, the KBO down in Korea, it's different. 
And if you went to the Chinese Taiwan Baseball League, that's actually started already. Um, their strike zone is different. So the strike zone matters, you know, because it, it, it dictates everything that's going to come after, uh, after what we've already talked about. Uh, and basically, what is a ball? Well, a ball is if it is caught by the catcher outside of the strike zone, and if it is caught inside the strike zone, swung and missed, or hit a foul ball, is considered a strike until you have two strikes. That's basically how the strike system works. We'll go into that in a little bit further. And what is a foul ball? Well, the foul ball is when the ball crosses foul, ter- foul ball territory. It's marked off by white lines stretching from home plate all the way to the yellow foul ball poles at the end of each side of the outfield. Uh, very self-explanatory. Uh, if you just look at the field, you'll see those huge stripes. Uh, and if the ball does not cross the line until it is in the outfield, it's considered a base hit. Now, here's how the strike zone the strike count works so balls are on the first are the first number while the strikes are the second for example one two count is considered one ball two strikes a full count is a three two count where a batter will either walk strike out or fight off a pitch via a foul ball i'd like to yeah i'd like to interject um uh and strike counts have um effects on hitting and pitching like, um, if there is a strike count where you have more balls than strikes, you have like a 3-0 ball, 3-0 count, 3-1 count, uh, the hitter is at an advantage there because the pitcher will either have to throw a strike or he's going to have to walk him, basically. And on the other way around, um, at an 0-2 count, the hitter is at a disadvantage because the pitcher can has some pitches to play with. And um, it's shown that batters bat around... Uh, like a, a hundred points lower whenever it's an O2 count rather than a normal count and vice versa for pitching. Exactly. That's why, uh, and that's why we see that full count, you know, the three O count. Uh, a lot of times it depends on the type of coaches. It depends on how aggressive the batter is, but you can almost certainly expect the fastball right down the middle of the plate. <laughs> like, come on. Cause you don't want to risk. Like we talked about earlier. We, you don't want to risk, Maybe having a really controversial umpire uh, calling a ball on something that might be around the corners. So, yeah, it's that's prime that's prime real estate for a batter if he's aggressive to get something to sit back on a fastball and just absolutely launch it, or he can or he can see if you know you just get a, get a walk without having to get a single strike. And you talked about the uh, you know a two strike o two count. Um, that's where the pitcher really tries to pull the strings on the batter. You're almost, oh, you're usually going to see something out of the strike zone. Usually a ball that's a breaking pitch, like a slider. Yeah. And, uh, we, we're just talking about MLB stuff here, but if you're a high school, high school player, literally player or anything, um, in those three accounts, you're definitely probably going to see something over the plate. Um, and also umpires and those are, yeah, I think are some volunteer guys mm-hmm. who are just coming up there and they definitely aren't going to have a great strike zone. So you, you're going to see something nice with a three account whenever at about any level. Oh yeah. I could talk about, you know, since I've, I, I, I went through those ranks, you know, I went through all the way from T-ball took a few years off when I got to high school, but I can definitely tell you um, that as you progress 
strike zones change, mentalities change, the gameplay is different. It, it it's fun to it's fun to see because in the MLB these guys are like almost like machines. You know what I'm saying? Like you see like a breaking pitch break onto the outside with just insane movement, and we expect that. But you know, you talked about little league, talked about high school. You know, in high school those guys are still developing secondary pitches. So if you're a batter, strike zones matter. The strike count matters even more. Yeah, uh, yeah. The strike zone shapes behavior of the batter and the pitcher, and it's one of the most important parts of baseball that people need to understand. It's it's the very it's it's a ch- it's a mental chess. It's a game of mental chess, really, if you think about it. And it's just it's it's a battle. Every pitch you you go up there and in the mound, or even when you're in the batter's box, you're like you're 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 trying to anticipate if on both sides. And sometimes you both, sometimes one side wins, sometimes the other side wins. Sometimes you leave something hanging. Other times it, you get, you get, you know, get that guy out. But, it, and I'd say understanding strike counts um, and understanding like the talent you're in is something that separates like the really good and talented players from the really great ones. Cause you see guys like um, Joey Votto and Mike Trout have mastered the art of, um, winning winning strike winning like strike counts and getting into good hitters counts more often and then they're really good at fouling off stuff when they get behind and those those two hitters are some are two of the best of the last decade and just a just a normal talented guy who goes up there and tries to hit some home runs he doesn't have the exact talents as like a Vado or a Trout will have yeah you know I I know when yeah I can remember my uh, little league days where the coach would say choke up on the bat a little bit where where it means you move your hands up a little closer to the end to the to the top of the bat that way you're uh, that way you can cover a little bit more ground quicker uh, with your swing but like you brought up Joey Votto just he you know you you have to expand your strike zone and cover the plate a little bit better when you when you're behind in the count. And guys like those, they they know they know how to like you mentioned fighting off pitches until they get the pitch that they want, and that's that's the major component of batting. You know, understanding you're not only trying to predict what the pitcher is going to throw, but you have to understand why he's going to throw that before he throws that. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Just one thing to add is that when you're a batter, you're you can sit, then go and sit on a pitch. You're sitting on a fastball, but like you have to know if there's a curveball coming, you got to be able to adjust and foul it off because you won't be prepared. Exactly, curveballs are are first of all are one of the harder pitches to hit in baseball. Period. On top of the fact that you're behind on the count, the pitcher knows that if he's throwing a curveball. And if it's not dead center in the plate, you know, that batter has a little chance of actually doing damage. And he's just on, he's on survival mode, you know, and you can't keep throwing. And then you talk about changeups too. Um, especially if you mess with the speed enough that you don't throw the changeup a lot. The changeup is more deadly for the batter, the less he sees it. Because... You know, it's all about rhythm when you're in the on the plate. You're trying to figure out 
you're trying to gauge where this pitcher's throwing at, what he's throwing, and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to time it up correctly. And a, a lethal changeup is gonna puts everything out of whack. And a changeup is great uh, when you're trying to get that guy, uh, trying to get him out. You know, on a maybe a one early, you could throw a changeup early, or you could change it up, or you could change it up late. The changeup you can put it at pretty much any point of the of that bat, and that just adds another layer of fear, you know, and complication to for, for another thing for the batter to think about. Yep. And obviously, if you're lucky enough to somehow make contact on the ball and it doesn't go foul, uh, these are the types of base hits. Single, double, triple, inside the park home run. Home run and grand slam. Uh, so single means that you hit the ball and you get to first base. Double, second, triple to third base in one hit. Inside the park home run is actually if you get all the way home on one hit. Home run is if it leaves the park, doesn't touch any part of the field. This is so hard to explain because I'm so used to talking to people that, you know, uh, aren't beginners at it. So I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Yeah. A home run goes over the fence. Yeah. It's over the fence. Of course it has to be in between the foul ball pools. Yeah. It it goes over the fence in between the foul ball and he just doesn't hit the field or the wall. And that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. And then the grand slam is basically if you have three guys on base and you hit a home run, that's basically all there is to that. Yeah, the of best course. hit game. Yeah, I mean you're not going to score any more. You're not going to score more runs than that in one hit. So, but I mean we talk about those are types of hits, but there's so many different factors within each of those hits on how they could be hits. Yeah, um, there's a debate. Of, uh, I don't know if you've gotten to walks yet, but you talk about walks is whenever you get on base, um, you don't even have to swing the bat to get a walk. And there's a debate on is a walk and a single. They're based, they're the same outcome. And the big change in baseball in the last 30 years is that um, singles have become less valuable while the walks have increased in value because they give the same outcome. And a walk is easier to attain. Exactly, you don't have to make contact. Um, yeah, and another thing is uh, with with doubles, you have a here's a pretty standard couple of doubles you can have is you can hit it in the gap, which is in between two fielders, normally in between the center fielder and the right fielder, or the center fielder and the left fielder, or you can go down the line, which is in between the first baseman and the foul foul line, vice versa with the third baseman. And that's where you get your your doubles and a triple is just a, a version of those hits where it, it bounces around and you're able to get the third base on it. Yeah, it's all about it's all about positioning, honestly. And this adds another layer of complication when you deal with uh, different, you know, depths and different fielding. You know, sometimes you have guys who are, you know, almost at the warning track. And other times you might have the the outfield come creep in a little bit if a guy is not that good of a hitter, like let's say a pitcher. Um, so you know that that changes the outcome because suddenly a ball that might be a routine fly out uh, might actually drop down for a base hit. You know, or you know where we deal with shifts where sometimes the infield might be moved a little bit. A normal line drive would go right to the second baseman. 
Yeah, this is why I always like to tell people baseball is weird. There is, you can be a great team, you can have do everything right, but you hit the ball really hard to a guy standing in a place that he is not at 90% of the time. It's why baseball is a weird game, but it's why it's a cool game. Exactly. And I, I'm telling you, it's, I, I, my dad always said that, you know, baseball is 90% mental and uh, 10% physical. And, that's why managers are so important and because they're the ones that make a lot of those decisions on fielding. Um, it's just been, it, it's, it's such a complicated game because there's so many factors and there's so many things that could go right or wrong. And so much could be on the line with just one mistake. Yeah. And hitting is the most cruel part of i think any sport because as i said you hit the ball really hard and it can be right out of a second baseman or you can hit it really hard really far but a center fielder is playing you deep so hitting has been said to be the the hardest the hardest thing you can do in sports because you have to be able to notice a pitch and it has to be able to go in play without the bad luck of hitting it straight at somebody Exactly. It's so funny because, you know, someone could hit almost a home run and get robbed and they would be out with no value. And someone, some guy could accidentally like check swing, which means you swing just halfway, basically make contact with the ball and it rolls just enough and he's running and the pitcher or the third baseman or the first baseman, they can't get there in time. So he gets a base hit. It's just, yeah, it's, it's cruel. It's cruel and unusual, but um, that's what you sign up for when you're playing a baseball game. Exactly. And, you know, that's why there's, and the thing is, there are so many different types of hitters, too. You know, you got guys like Curtis Granderson, who just recently retired, who made his living on being able to make contact with the ball. Not necessarily hit for a power, but for just being able to know how, just being able to make contact on almost anything he sees and putting the ball in play. Yeah, you see, um, there's the, the the normal type of hitters. You have those type of guys who make contact, your Ichiro's, your Grandersons. Then you have the guys, like I would say, um, Votto's an exception. Votto's just like a walk machine. He doesn't really swing the bat much, actually. And then you have your normal power hitters. These guys usually hit a lot of home runs and strike out a lot. And they have a pretty low batting average. And but the best players hit for power, along with hitting for out average. And this is your Trouts of the world, your Ken Griffey's, these yeah. guys who are just stars. Yeah, I agree. And uh, you know, it's just it's a, it's just fluid because sometimes I the first guy I think of that you mentioned about with high high uh, power but low average and just swinging and missing and is definitely. Joey Gallo is the first guy I think of, um, at least today in modern reference. So if you want to know what that means, and, and basically the term is having a hole in your swing, basically, in the sense that, you know, you somehow you get it right and you still you still can't get contact on it. And um, obviously we mentioned the strike the balls where you get four balls without getting without reaching three strikes. That's a walk. Uh, and then the strikeout is when you get three strikes um, before you get four balls, and that's a strikeout. 
And speaking of outs, there's different factors of, of, you know, getting out in the game of baseball. Of course, there's striking out, which I mentioned. There's fly out, which means that you make contact, but it kind of just goes up in the, it kind of goes up in a loop. Uh, and then there's a ground out, which means that you just, it hits the ground pretty quickly and it rolls to an infielder. Uh, and then that sometimes leads to double plays where you, where it depends on who gets it. But essentially, the hour, usually it go it gets the second base and then goes again, then it gets the first. But of course, that changes so much depending on where the ball's at and the infield position, like shifts if the shift is on. And it's just it's a mess. Yeah, it's it's another example of how baseball is weird. It just yeah, I mean, and then of course there's a triple play where you get lucky enough to get three outs in one. Um, and that's usually because uh, of course there's force outs. Uh, where, you know, the best example is a guy in the first. He can't go back to first if someone makes, you know, gets the ball in play. So he has to go to second. And that's the most common play, almost the guaranteed way being a double play if it's a ground out. Um, and of course, if there's a guy in first and second, there's going to be a force out there. Um, essentially, the best way to describe it is <laughs> it's a double-edged sword because even if you get base runners, that still build, that still gives you more that offers the other team a chance to eliminate the threat easier. Yeah, um, getting those factors allow for a lot of variation. Um, I'd, I'd like to expand upon uh, the the types of hits that we are talking about and the values that are placed on them because. Um, going back to baseball history, getting the ball in play and getting a hit was king. That's what everybody wanted to do. There's been a revolution here in the last in the last um, 20 or so years uh, with guys that we now place higher um, levels on different hits. Like There always was, but um, certainly now, um, getting a single is looked at in a different light than if you got a single in 1980. Um, they realized the value of getting a single is the same as a walk. And you were always looking for home runs now. It's why guys like Joey Gallo exist, because he hits 45 home runs in a year, even though he can't do anything else, really, on a baseball field. Exactly. I mean, The game is a Roy of Vaults because, I mean, you mentioned the eight, baseball in the 80s. But let's talk about baseball when it first started, you know? Um, a home run? These guys couldn't... I don't think... That, very few of those guys could routinely make it out of the park. And now we have, we've entered the era where, you know, some of the elite guys are hitting, you know, 40 home runs, 50 home runs a year. And it's just been, the game has evolved and changed so much. And hitting is definitely not, has definitely not been exempt because now we've seen the introduction of power hitting. We've seen the introduction of, uh, you know, more of sacrifice flies and more of those kind of guys that can just get the ball in play without getting double without drawing double play balls and it's just it's just the game has changed and i think that uh i think that if we go back and go in 50 years into the future i think the game would change you will even be looked even more different than it is now yeah i'd like to go from here i'd like to get into the hidden stats that i have absolutely yes i'm like i'm gonna let you i'm gonna let you take the lead there all right. So, first of all, the first um, stat that 
It's going to happen every time you go to the plate is an at-bat. An at-bat is when you step into the batter's box, you usually have between three and five a game. And these at-bats are where you're going to get your value from because the game of baseball has 27 outs. If they, don't have, they don't have a timer. There's 27 outs involved, and you're trying to stay on base with every out. And the first major hitting stat is batting average. Like I said, batting average is under uh, under attack, but batting average is the number of time a batter will record a hit divided by that number of at-bats. So um, that's any hit, a single, double, triple, or a home run. And um, an average batting average in baseball and in the MLB is about 250 to 270. And anything over 300 is great. And then there, the 200 line is called the Mendoza line. And that's named after Mario Mendoza, who was the epitome of bad hitting back in the day. A good whenever I say a batter hits two hundred, that means he hits point two zero zero because we count um, uh, we count it from a thousand, which means one point zero zero zero, and it's just one. And hitting two hundred is equivalent to getting a hit twenty percent of your out bats. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add? Yeah, no. You you touched on it a little bit about how the batting average is kind of like kind of falling out of favor. And I know that, especially if you follow like a lot of baseball Twitter accounts, or you know, a lot of people uh, who say, "Oh, this guy didn't hit very well. He had like a two thirty six or two forty eight batting average." And they kind of almost get ridiculed almost because. Yeah, you know, it's fallen out of favor for more advanced metrics. Yeah, um, and I will go into the ad- more advanced metrics that have came in recently and starting with on-base percentage. Um, an on-base percentage is basically the same thing as a batting average, only it includes walks and getting hit by the pitches. So an on-base percentage is made popular by the movie uh, Moneyball. Um, that is a story of Billy Bean, and he's played by Brad Pitt. And he was the general manager of the Oakland A's who hired a man, who hired a guy to um, Dee Podesta, Johnny Podesta, who really encouraged the use of on-base percentage when evaluating his players. Um, on-base percentage is, is a better um, formula for deciding whether a player is good or not because some guys can hit in that 240 range where he's a little below average, but he gets a lot of walks or he gets hit by pitches, like a staggering amount of numbers. Um, Derek Dietrich, and he, uh, and whenever you're um, looking at these guys, um, getting walks is a very big part of the game because that means you're not getting out. Um, with on base percentage, anything around 350 is about average. Um, above 400 is amazing. That means you're getting on base 40 percent of the time you go to the plate. Anything below three hundred is pretty bad. Yeah, I, uh, I that's is my preferred stat that I like because with batting average, it doesn't take into account to really you know walking, and that's taking a whole game out of that's taking a whole segment of the game out of the out of the equation. And some guys just you know they're not going to hit really great, but they're patient when they're in a batter's box. And they're gonna make the they're gonna make the pitcher work for uh, uh, to get him out, and you know that's where they generate a lot of walks, 
or they forced a pitcher to throw something that's too good to pass up, and it hit a single right in the gap or a double right, right, right through uh, almost straddling the foul ball line. You know, And I, I just think that on-base percentage is one of the best overarching uh, stat line. Yes, and the final, the final real big uh, hitting stat that I can come up with um, before getting too much into the weeds of advanced stats, I can. Another one is slugging percentage, and this one's a little more complicated. It it really it is basically batting average, but it provides a value to each hit. So, um, it's the total the total number of bases a batter creates. So if he hits a double, he gets two times, um, two times the amount f- for that at bat. So he would get a two hundred, he would get two thousand. If we're talking batting average for that plate appearance, he would get a three thousand for a triple or four thousand for a home run. And then when you divide this all out, anything anything average is about three ninety to four hundred. Um, anything above five fifty is amazing, and anything below. 350 is awful. Um, this stat's a lot more popular nowadays because it gives those power hitters uh, a better chance and a better weighted at bat, a better weighted at batting average because he allow it allows them to show that uh, they get a lot of home runs. So that's from bring the slugging percentage up. So Joey Gallo, you you don't want to look at his batting average, but you'd like to look at his. Um, slugging percentage because it provides the value he gives to that team. Yeah, I agree. And then we talked about, uh, I think you're going to mention this in a little bit, but I think these, these three stats really form more of what a good profile of what a player is. Yeah. Um, these three put together are called a slash line and it provides the, the general makeup of a hitter. So you have the the guys who make contact and get on base. They'll have a good batting average and a good on-base percentage, but the slugging percentage will be lower. A, a good power hitter will have a better slugging percentage. It might not get on base as much or get as many hits. So in when you're looking at a player, you got to look at these three stats, and that'll, that'll really make up what what you really think of the hitter. Yeah, and I think that... If you take those three stats, it, it forms a pattern. And these patterns dictate what overarching, I guess, strengths and weaknesses of that player is. Um, you know, high on-base percentage guys. Guys that excel at that are Curtis Granderson type guys. Uh, it's slugging percentage. We talk about Joey Gallo. Batting average? I don't know. I don't know. I think we keep batting average just for sentimentality sake and the fact cuz yeah b- batting average batting average used to be keen like Ichiro back in the day would have hit all those singles and they that was looked at as a really good thing um it's changed and we talked about baseball evolving and these more advanced stats and more analytics styled mm-hmm. approach really f- reflect where the game is right now yeah, um, just one I can bring up is a stat called um, uh, WRC plus, which really it's weighted runs created, and then plus means it's averaged out like per ballpark per year, so you can date it back. 
And these stats are great on a hundred curve if you have, um, so a hundred is average. And WRC plus is probably the best hitting stat because it um, brings into perspective all three of these and then gives a hitter a score based on these, basically. And so when you WRC plus is good at determining if a hitter is good or bad. So you want to be, you, um, you could be good at all three of these things. You will have a really high weighted um, runs created plus, and that would be at around 150. If you're hitting 150, you're and you're an all-star, you're probably contending for an MVP. But if you're like below average, you'll see yourself in like the 70, 70 range and you probably are kicked out of yeah. the team. Well, thank you. Thank you, Seth. That was really that was really good. And just to, just to clarify, you know, W that last stat that you mentioned, you know, it's not part of the slash line, but it factors the whole slash line into one number, basically, right? Yeah, that's a big, it's a new thing in analytics world. Like nerds like me are really keen to look for stats like this. And there's oh more goodness. of them. There's I, so I, many I advanced metrics. It's days. insane. The, the problem, like, I don't know if it's a problem, but a characteristic of baseball is that you have these same at-bats and there's only a certain amount of outcomes compared to other sports. And since baseball is, can be mapped out, it can be... Um, you can have so many so many analytics come from this game and it allows for teams to get edges because since baseball is basically the same thing over and over and over again you're over that large sample size you're able to tell if a hitter is good or bad and then you're able to make judgments on that basically you want that hitter or not I mean it's a really baseball is a really is a mathematician's dream sport um to be quite frank with you. And I, I, I like that you brought up the fact that it could be mapped. And I, I know I love to watch like hitters, uh, where, where they're putting the ball in play and whether it's like an out or not, because you can develop patterns on where they like tend to pull the ball, where, if, whether or not they like to lift the ball or if they're more ground, uh, you know, ground heavy kind of a hitter. And I, I think that's that's the part of baseball I enjoy because I know when I'm when I'm looking at prospects for the teams that I lo- like to follow, uh, I want to know what kind of what he's good at. And if I see a lot of you know balls in play towards the infield, I know this guy hits the ball down, you know. And then of course you know there's guys that just you map it out and you're like, wow, this guy is hitting all these balls towards left field, and it, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's it's why like general managers of teams have um, they're coming in with business statistics degrees and economics degrees. They're not really coming in. You're not seeing scouts anymore and anymore really running teams. It's more of these guys who are really good at numbers, and that's what's carrying baseball. And I I can't really see that changing unless I don't know if there's a, t- a team that comes out there and doesn't really use the math the advanced stats anymore and they go out there and do that for success teams will emulate but right now um the teams with the best math are the teams that's, that win that's the perfect way to sum it up because uh, you know you have oakland athletics who have literally no money and yet they're always they're competing and it's because they're they're out thinking their opponents and they're making the best moves based on the data that they know yeah 
and uh, I think that's sweet. We'll, we'll Absolutely, probably get yeah. pitching next week. See, I'm, I, I, I know a little bit more about pitching, so uh, that'll be fun. Yeah. We'll probably do the same format. Uh, I'll explain the basics, and then you can get carried away with your stats because uh, <laughs> I, I, I like my numbers, but I think I think you're a mathematician of our of our podcast. Oh yeah, and certainly with um, pitching, there is a team that figured out the the way you're supposed to pitch in baseball. We won't tell you who that team is right now, um, but I think you can guess whenever you. Whenever I think I have. We'll say. I think I have a good feeling about that. All right, I think that I think that's it for this week. We didn't, we didn't really have that long of a podcast. No, I know. So I, Thirty. You know minutes. what? I'm thankful. It means less editing. <laughs> yeah. I probably should start learning how to edit since I am looking to make my own podcast Absolutely, coming here yeah. soon. And hopefully, yeah. And I think going, going into the summer, we're going to have a lot more free time. We'll be able to maybe do a couple more episodes per week, especially oh. if baseball starts coming back. It's I hope getting so, a lot of good news. I think, you know what would be fun? I think that everyone would like to enjoy us actually doing like a, like a live stream of a game of us just commenting. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be a good idea. I mean, if the listeners of the show, I don't know, um, oh, all four of you, um, uh, come and uh, message the Facebook group, message the Facebook page or the Twitter page, um, tell us if you'd like to see that. Yeah, absolutely. Baseball comes back. Yeah, well, you know, all those, those four people, those are me just on different accounts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, I I don't even listen half the time. Uh, so like, it'll be you on four accounts, and then <laughs> my like burner account. Just throw shade at the Diamonds Ninger's Twitter account. That's great. Hey, hey, man, we we gotta know where we're beginning. Uh, we're hoping to build up, and this is uh, absolutely. Nice you know, everyone starts somewhere, and the fact that we're well into season one already is quite impressive. You know. Already about ten episodes in, almost. So we're almost there. Well, all right. Yeah, that's basically all we yeah. have. And uh, thank you guys for listening to the Diamonds and Dingers podcast. As usual, give us a like on Facebook, and you know what? Give us a follow on Twitter as well at Diamonds Dingers. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back again next week. <laughs>